if startups have the ability to take those sorts of risks, then everything that you're seeing now in the generative space, all because small groups of people built incredible, ridiculous technologies using NVIDIA, right? And so why wouldn't we want to be friends with them? Right? Why wouldn't we want to be like, hey, stable fusion, now let's figure out how to optimize the hell out of that model so that more people can use it. All these corporate companies they started as journalists at one point. And so the journey between how do we support each other, like Chris mentioned, startups are in a position where they can fail, innovate, learn from their mistakes, and grow. We're in a position where if we screw up, we're implicating over 120,000 know, employees all across the world. So we have to be a little bit more conscious of our marketing strategy. Though, you know, we know sometimes when it's good to bend the rules. And so what it means is that you have a lot of departments within these corporations with separate metrics, right? So you have the Delta Capital team focused on their portfolio and bring in ROI for Michael Dell. Uh, you have our corporate innovation team that's focused on innovating Dell's products. And similarly, in Intel and Video, you have the corporate innovation team. Uh, for us, we also have a Dell Women's Entrepreneur Network, so if you want, you can learn how we're supporting female founders all across the world and developing stronger women uh, ecosystems by working directly with community leaders. We also have an OEM team. We're literally manufacturing equipment for military, for oil and gas, and so if you have a hardware intellectual property, we can actually help build it for you and put your operating system, put everything that you need onto that uh, IP that you need help with. And we also engage really closely with NVIDIA and Intel. Okay. Funding is kind of what we've been talking about all day in this room. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a real struggle for a lot of folks out there right now. Um, we're, we are seeing it in our practice, and I'm sure you guys are both seeing it from your vantage point. So um, can, can we just talk about funding for a minute? And I know everybody knows the funding rates are just shocking. They're abysmal. Um, and yet, female-founded businesses return, you know, greater returns with less resources, do so much more with a dollar. It's, it's been shown um, in study after study. So can we just talk a little bit about like personal founding journey? Sally, you know, you raised a $53 million round last April, or two Aprils ago, so 18 months ago. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that process and just yeah. what it took. Well, so the, um, the percent of uh, venture dollars that women in the financial services and fintech area get make the regular numbers look like heaven. So whereas women CEOs get 2% of venture dollars, over my way, where you get to the Series B financial services fintech, it's one of every $10,000. It is, it is, and it's very difficult to find women who are writing big checks. I found one, um, and she passed, but that's a different story. Um, so it, it's just, it's a, it's a wasteland out there. And it's very hard with an Elvest. If you, you know, a, a lot of men, well, why don't they go to Merrill? Why don't they go to Goldman? Why don't they go to, you know, personal capital? And you're like, I, you know, we have the solution. They don't. 
So we keep debating that they should, but we have a solution and the numbers are good and the numbers are working and we're growing. Um, I, it was discouraging. There was actually an evening, in fact, I was in LA mm -hmm. one evening when I got the, uh, I think a note from this woman. And I remember um, sitting down in a chair and a very odd thing happened. There was some warm liquid that leaked from my eye. <laughs> And it just kept leaking, and I was all by myself. And you know, I was going to take a little weekend in LA, and it's like this. This is rock bottom. And then, and then, and all credit to Halogen and Jesse. Yes, Jennifer. Halogen. Woo! Okay. Okay. So give me your name, please, and your company. We are like in the aftermath of you speaking and I'm excited to hear more about this so go for it yeah so I'm, I'm Brennan Woodruff uh, co-founder of GoCharlie.ai we're a uh, generative AI platform for creating content but we create our own models to enable this um, and you were a speaker tonight at I was a speaker tonight at uh, AIX Creatives which was a uh, conversation facilitated by Mercury about how do creatives and AI coexist. Which everybody's talking about right now. Totally, totally. And you handled it like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would love to hear, because I, I think a lot of times we, you know, of course, hear a lot of thought leadership from speakers, but it's nice to hear sometimes the personal side, right? So what made you decide to do this, and what do you take away from it, you know, as a speaker? Yeah, so... AI is a fascinating subject because anytime you start to talk about it, you really aren't talking about AI. You're, you're talking about what it means to be a human being. Uh, and that's what always interests me about this field is how do we reimagine our relationship with technology? And when you go down that rabbit hole, you kind of figure out very quickly that part of the responsibility of being a founder in this space is... Uh, to impart wisdom, uh, to feel the fear, to feel the concern of your customers, but also show them the light uh, and, and talk to them about what your perspective is. Um, it's also an opportunity for you to let people know that you are thinking about the hard questions and you're not afraid to answer them. Uh, but I think most importantly for me is I, I grasp perspective. And the questions that we get from the crowd, it's. Uh, it's a reflection of a larger ethos around like the subject and that helps me build better products it helps me be a better thinker when it comes to developing them and i, I think long term it helps us become a better company love it so what have you we're going to jump to a different side now yeah. what have you seen during new york tech week so far that you have either found you know either surprising or really mind-blowing or any of the above? Yeah, so SF Tech Week was a huge win for us. Uh, helped us close our pre-seed fundraising round, gave me access to individuals I never would have had. And I think New York Tech Week this year uh, has just built on top of that. Like, it is AI takeover. So SF Tech Week had a lot of events. New York Tech Week, I didn't have, expect it to be anywhere close, and it's actually exceeding yeah. Yeah. SF it's Tech crazy. Week events. And the AI energy is here. Um, and as someone that's lived in both cities, it, it's been amazing to see that. But I think the thing that surprised me the most is how technically adept the audience is here. I expect in San Francisco some very dev-heavy questioning, but New York is still bringing the heat. You can tell there's a huge AI population here. And so I've been hit with some technical questions that challenge me in new ways, which I really love. Uh, but I think the second thing is, uh, 
man, you just can't beat a uh, exposed brick wall in, in a loft in New York. And then, uh, the, the, Which is what we're standing in right now. Yeah, exactly. And then the third is just uh, the energy. Like New York always brings the energy. Uh, I think you see a lot more events that are focused on parties. Which New York, New York is um, New York is the social capital of the world in my mind, and so I, I've always appreciated the social side of business. I think it's a great complement to the technical side, and so New York is not disappointed in that regard. Coolness. Well, thank you so much.